Welcome to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS podcast, where Jonathan Denwood interviews the leading experts in WordPress, e-learning, and online marketing to help WordPress professionals launch their own SaaS. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic This Week in WordPress and SaaS. It's episode 778. The episodes are just flying past my beloved tribe. Um, haven't got my co-host this week. He is moving houses this week. What a pain in the posterior. But Kurt will be back next week. But we've got a great guest with us. We've got Adam Springer with us. He's an expert on growth hacking and lead generation business to business. Plus, he's the host of the popular Startup for Sales podcast one which I listened to. So I've been looking forward to this chat with Adam. We're going to be discussing all things sales um, for business to business. You know, obviously, you're a WordPress professional, a SaaS startup. This is a really important, going to be an important discussion. So Adam, can you quickly introduce yourself to the tribe? Sure. I don't know where to start. Uh, you know, I'm from Seattle originally, but uh, I'm now living in Israel, uh, you know, the kind of high tech uh, market, startup market. But uh, I guess I started in America with uh, two of my own companies, uh, moved to Israel and then I started working for other people and uh, doing sales for their for B2B companies. And now I'm uh, independent again and uh, helping helping consultants and other companies with their growth hacking needs. That's fantastic. So before we go into the meat potatoes of this great interview, I've got a couple of messages from our major sponsors. We will be back in a few moments, folks. Are you looking for ways to make your content more engaging? Sensei LMS by Automatic is the original WordPress solution for creating and selling online courses. Sensei's new interactive blocks can be added to any WordPress page or post. For example... Interactive videos let you pause videos and display quizzes, lead generation forms, surveys, and more. For a 20% off discount for the tribe, just use the code WPTONIC, all one word, when checking out and give Sensei a try today. We're coming back, folks. I just want to point out we've got some great special offers from the sponsors, plus a curated list of the best WordPress plugins, which you can utilize on your clients projects so you don't have to hunt the internet trying to find what's the best solution that's fantastic isn't it my beloved tribe you can get all this goodies by going over to wp-tonic.com slash deals wp-tonic-tonic.com slash deals and you find everything there what more could you ask for i know a lot more but that's all you're going to get from that page so there we go uh we could ask for whatever we like but it's very unlikely that we're going to get it the lovely tribe uh um, so let's go into the first question so adam um what are some of the leading trends that you've observed over the last couple of years around business to business sales or sales in general anything come on your radar that you think's changed the um the climate the landscape um to some extent truthfully no i could go for the oh, well, let's, let's go on to the next question <laughs> <laughs> Done. Next. What? What else? Uh, no. I. Th- I mean, I could go for the easy answer and say AI, but I think AI is. Uh, well, the tech itself is absolutely phenomenal and, and amazing, but I think it's overhyped for what it's doing at this stage in sales. Uh, it helps a lot on the back end for research and preparing stuff, but actually. F- for day to day and actually execution, it's not very good yet. Um, and all, besides that, all the hypes that I see coming and going, it's all just, uh, it's like a cycle. You know, today it's uh, cold calls. Tomorrow it's LinkedIn. The next day it's, it's email. All these things are always going around in circle. And at the end of the day, sales is sales. It's still uh, psychology. You're dealing human to human interactions. So. I think just I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about our chat. Um, I think one of the things I just wanted to see if you think I might be on the right track here. 
I think it's getting people, it's always been the case, but it's getting getting the right message, but getting in front and getting that moment of attention on what your product service to the right target audience, but breaking into their consciousness. I I think there's so much activity, so much content, so much out there that just getting in front of them is the key. But um, am I on the right track at all? I would say yes, with an, a major and a very important uh, addition. Like, yeah, I mean, if you if you have the best messaging in the world, but it's not in front of them, then obviously it's going to go nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but the messaging has to be key, and the messaging you kind of started talking about it, and it has to be where it's not messaging about the features you have or or what you, what it is that you're doing. It needs to be about what problem your prospect has and how you're solving it. Or not even how you're solving it, but how it could be solved and what it means for them. So me, I'll give you an example. It's like if you have a, if you're a consultant or a service company or you have a tool that saves uh, your person 10 hours a week, their problem is, is they're having to manually input uh, data into an Excel file and you're, you do it for them. So you need to talk about that. Like, Hey, what, what would it mean if you could save those 10 hours every week? This is what we do for you. Is it worth a chat? Something along those lines. Right. I'll get the right track. So what you've to kind of get around it, you don't think fundamentally when it comes to a coherent sales strategy and practices, to business to business, that fundamentally things in the last couple of years have changed at all, really. People think that it's changed, but no, I've been doing this. I mean, I've been doing B2B tech sales in some form or another for the last 16 years, 15 years, and nothing's really changed in the way that I do it in my methodology. Right, let's go on to the next question. All right, uh, <laughs> um, so... Um, What's a couple of things, well, you know, there's a, there's a couple of things people can say to me that I just start kind of grating my teeth. You know, I, I keep a poker face, keep it professionally, but there's a, there's a couple of things people can say and there's a, couple, there's a couple of mistakes that I see regularly clients make um, that it almost happens almost every time, not not every time, but almost. So when it comes to sales, are there a couple of fundamental mistakes that you see almost everybody that comes to consult with you or hire you or seek some advice from you that they're regularly doing, which you feel, you just wonder why are they making that mistake, you know? Well, I know why they're making the mistakes because they don't know better. Uh, <laughs> well, but, the, thing uh, is, the thing is, there's a lot of, you know, they can listen to your podcast. There's a lot of information out there. You know, you know, you can do a Google search, but you still see the same mistakes, don't you? Yeah, over and over and over again. And I think, I think the reason is has to do with a, a few things, confidence and actually to be able to have the volume of people to talk to or the practice to go through the things that you learn so that you could actually implement it. So that's like kind of the mistake to answer your question is, yeah, I see a lot of mistakes and I guess the, we need to define the question better is, is it in the outreach part or is it in the actually, okay, I've got a prospect that wants to talk and is it during that section? What, what, what were you thinking there? What, which which area do you think is the most important? And let's concentrate on that. Uh, I think probably the beginning stage, because then as if you've got enough people coming through your pipeline, then you're going to, you know, you throw enough spaghetti on the wall, something will stick. Uh, <laughs> so, so I think uh, the biggest mistake people make when, when trying to fill their funnel is not filling their funnel. Uh, thinking that, oh, okay, I'll build a great product or I'll, I've got the best service. I'm going to build an amazing website and the people will come. And while an important we website is important, but you, you need to drive traffic to it. You need to oh, go out no, there and... Nobody's coming, are they? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So that's the number one mistake is, is that. But I think once you actually do that, 
let's say you're going to go outbound with LinkedIn messaging or emails or, or even phone calls. Nobody cares about you. They don't care about your experience. They don't care about your company. They don't care about who you are, where you're from, what you features you've just adopted. You they don't care. Feel very sad. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's the, the truth hurts sometimes. Sorry, so I, mean, I, I interrupted. I'm sorry. I'm not talking. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I was good. I will shut up now, Adam. <laughs> it's good. It's good. I think, uh, I think though that that's the biggest problem is you stop talking about yourself. Nobody cares. The think about things that you have gotten and bought before. You don't really care how people do it. You care that it gets done and that it gets done in obviously a professional manner and represents you well, but you care that the end result is fixing the problem that you had. Um, how you do it or, or what differentiates you, that's it, it, more of a technicality and it's less important. So back to the problem is when people focus on themselves they, and how to fix that is don't focus on yourself. Don't focus on your features. Talk about the problem that the prospects have and, and how you solve it. Yeah, I think um, there's there's a couple of people in the WordPress space that I've always admired because I think they really understand their customers and their business. One of them is um, Divi. It's, um, they are well-known um, page builder and they provide a, a library of themes and the founder and his team, they really, really understand their customer base. Um Another individual that really understands his customers is Adam Crazier. Um, he's got a very popular, one of the largest word, um, YouTube channels that are focused around WordPress and WordPress professionals. He understands his target audience enormously well. So and I think it's linked to what you um, said. The other thing I've noticed that I wanted to put to you is I call it the buyer's journey. Um, I think people have are doing a lot more research if they're really interested. I think they're at different stages of purchasing, um, and those stages really depend on the price point. Also, um, first of all, would you agree with that? And is is it something you've been thinking out? And maybe you could fresh out what you see as the buyer's journey and and how that affects dependent on price point? Um, I mean, that's a whole long conversation that could go down into many different avenues. Well, we've got, we got a good 15 <laughs> minutes before I go for a break, Adam, so go at it. I think in, in general, yes, the, the buyer journey is always something that you need to know and be aware of. Um, I think, as you said, there's people that really know who their audience is, who their ICP is. I think that's a really important exercise for everybody to be doing first and understanding that there's, there could be multiple ICPs. Sometimes you're talking to the CEO of a company. Sometimes you're t talking to the chief marketing officer of a company. Now, those people, while they may have the same problems, it will affect them differently. So, for example, a CEO cares more about the financial side but the CMO or the marketing officer cares more about the emotional side because his job is on the line. Um, you know, also they'll care a bit about money and their budget, but it depends on the size of the company. So you need to really understand your client before you could start looking at the buyer journey. But then let's say, okay, you know your client, look at the buyer journey. As you said, Jonathan, it's, it's really true. People are now going online. There's, they're getting all the answers before they come and talk to you. So by the time they're ready to come talk to you, what they're actually ready to do is understand how it will work specifically for them and maybe for their tech stack. Um, and so that's what they want to know. Now they know the gist of what you do. They know high level about what you do, what the market does, what your competitors are doing. But now they want to know specifically about you and how it will work with them. And that's a good thing because now your job is less to educate them, but it's more to help them understand if it's a good fit for them, but at the same time, if it's a good fit for you. 
And I think this is a major, major thing. Uh, we're kind of getting away from the buyer journey, so I apologize for that. But oh, don't because I, <laughs> I, I, I just go on to wonder on these conversations. I don't. <laughs> Normally, I hold like full day workshops and stuff like that, and multiple day workshops. So I, I go off into every direction. But well, uh, the purpose of this conversation is just give a glimpse so people can go to your website and find out more about you, Adam. So there we go. So, anyways, the I forgot it. all my train of thought. No, sorry. Um, you were saying that um, it's the buyer's journey, basically, and um, it was linked to ah, uh, yeah. This the so the sales process. A lot of people think that sales or they, their conception of sales is like, okay, I got to convince them that I'm the right person for them or that we're the right company, we're the right product for them. That's the wrong way to look at it. Yeah, you need to look at yourself as equals. And this is really important. You are not below the prospect and you don't need to beg them for anything. You're the same level and you're going to help them solve a problem. This is a re- reoccurring theme throughout all of our conversation, but you're going to help them solve a problem and they're going to help you solve a problem. Your problem is, is not enough money in the bank account. They help you by transferring money over. You help them by doing whatever it is your service or tool provides. Yep, that's how it should be. So let's go on before we go for a break. Let's talk about AI. Um, we've got to do it. In some ways, I'm sick and tired of it already. But um, so... <laughs> um, I, my own... How do you... Look, I, I think it's fabulous technology. I think it's um, going to dominate the next decade plus. I think it's going to have a similar journey to, as the internet. Um, I've overblown, might lead to uh, inflation, blah, blah, blah. Um, but at the core, I think it's relevant. One of the things that struck me, and it's around the buyer's journey, People said it was going to replace search straight away. It's going to do this, do that, do the other. It, what came to me is that you to utilise it for research, you got you got to know the right questions to ask the prompt. If you don't ask, if you, it's, it's pretty obvious. But I'm struck that the obvious sometimes isn't that obvious. Um, but a lot of people they don't even know the right questions to ask. Because that's why they end up, if you ever got a big purchase or you're buying something, a big ticket item or a medium ticket item for yourself or for your business, that's why you end up hours on the internet because you, you've got to do a big dive to find the questions that are important to ask. What do you think yeah. about where I'm going with this, Adam? I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's really important to... The AI is only as good as the, just like any computer, it's only as good as the operator. You know, the calculator itself is an amazing tool. And that, I mean, that's not AI or anything. But if you don't know what numbers to put in, if you don't know what the multiplication symbol means, then it's, it's a useless piece of equipment. So it's same as what you're saying. If you don't know what questions to ask the AI, it doesn't really help. And not only that, I think, I think people are looking, use that. I think people are looking at AI as a, uh, a quick fix or uh, an easy way out of, of getting a job done. And I, I think that's anything but, you know, when I'm writing content, for example, for, for my outreach, for my clients, I've tried several times using AI tools. There's a million of them out there that will say that they're going to write you the best email outreach, you know, combination. It's garbage. It's not good at all. Uh, and I've even tested it, even looking at it, thinking it's garbage, but I thought, okay, maybe I'm wrong and let's, let's run a few thousand emails and, and see if it works and it, it doesn't. Uh, but where it does come into play, for example, for like email outreach is, uh, if you're familiar with the term spin tax, what that does is it allows you to write one email. Let's say you have one sentence of like 10 words. You could actually add spin text to it, which will allow it to rotate words. So if you say weave, W-E apostrophe V-E, or, the, or you could have it spin to say either weave or we have. And that's the simplest example, but you could, you could expand on that. So can I send you more information? Could 
You could say that, may I send you information or will it be okay if I send you more information? And then what that's doing is adding uh, many different variations. So for email, cold email, it really helps uh, reduce the spam filter. Anyways, AI is really good for this because what you could do is you write that one sentence and then you ask ChatGPT, hey, add spin text for this. And then that comes gives you a whole bunch of different ways to spin that. And then that will save you time and effort there. Oh, that's, that sounds fantastic. Are, are there any other tools in the AR space around that you've been utilizing, testing, that you think are reasonably useful? I... Not really. I've tested, a, I've tested a few. There's some that will like customize, read a person's LinkedIn uh, profile and then allow it to write like a one or two sentence uh, connection request. So it's each one is unique, which is really nice, but comes across as really fake. It doesn't come across as even if you give it the right prompts to be professional or to be witty or to be whatever way you want it to be, it, it still doesn't come across as human. And that's the biggest thing. AI is missing that, uh, that human touch. Yeah, I've been testing um, two tools in the same area, actually. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I'm near to it. And now what they both do, Adam, is um, it's um, LinkedIn outreach, which is one of the most abused and destroyed mediums ever known to bad. Most people that outreach to me through LinkedIn are appalling. I mean, truly terrible. Uh, um, they're, they're probably using AI. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, just the whole way they're outreaching, the, the whole way. Um, but this um, this tool basically um, it allows you to send out a video, but it will change the first name and nymphs lip sync it so you have a central email but it customizes it a little bit so you're you're so the first name of the person that you're sending a message but it sends a video um message to them and i um i i think obviously you've got to identify the right individuals and send them the right message but i think that's quite cool but in general um before we go to our break first of all would you agree with what i've just said about linkedin and have you got any kind of tips tricks about how you think linkedin can be utilized more effectively because i i feel so i really like linkedin in some ways but i just think it's an abused child of the internet you know Everything gets abused. Uh, you know, anything that's worthwhile gets abused. Uh, so I am getting tremendous success from LinkedIn. I'll, I'll give you kind of high level numbers. So let's say you send a uh, hundred connection requests a week from one account. Your connection rate should be anywhere between 30 to 40%. So let's just say you get 30, 30 uh, people connecting with you from those hundred then you should, or I'm getting anyways, if you have the right messaging, anywhere from 15 on the low end to 25% response rate. Uh, so let's just call it 20. You're getting six conversations started each week off of one account. Um, and that's with really safe numbers. So, and of those you could get, you know, 10, 20% are positive. So you're having one or two, adding one or two people in your sales funnel every week just from LinkedIn and it works phenomenal. Now, then you start to scale it and use like five LinkedIn accounts and use automation for that. And that's really powerful, but yeah. So I agree with you that most of the LinkedIn outreach sucks and is horrible. <laughs> and, well, you know, you, 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 I'm pretty open about letting, um, joining people, you pe um, connecting to people that are obviously in sales. That, are, but then what I find, I it has to be really, really bad, bad for me to block them. But there's been some that have been so outrageous. What I mean is, they message bomb you. Um, it's like a torrent 
Adam. It's like the dam's busted and the, and obviously I just don't think sending like three or four messages straight off to you works anyway. But we're talking about 20. They don't back off at all, even though you don't even answer. And I just I just think, what, what do you think you're doing? You're just... Yeah. Have you read your own message? I mean, come on, really, read this. It, it, it's awful. <laughs> but what's, your, what's your reaction? Am I just a, um, a miserable old English geezer or do you think I'm on the right track there? No, I completely agree with that. I think in order for you to be successful, I mean, this goes back to what you were saying, it's overused. And people here, well, LinkedIn is successful. So they just, they don't want to put the effort in to learn and rightfully so, a lot of times, most people, you know, probably a lot of the audience is listening, has a business to run and they're busy. So they think, okay, LinkedIn works. I heard it works. I'm going to just quickly buy a tool for $100 a month and I'm going to put some automation together. But you, like anything in life, you get what you put into it. So you really have to learn LinkedIn. You really have to to learn the, the your audience and, and create good messaging in order to get it to work. I think I'm, I'm just, as you're talking to me, I, I think maybe this strategy works a bit better. Um, have a more, I'm not done this myself, I'm just thinking about, because um, in some ways I really love LinkedIn, but maybe I've been a little bit dismissive about it and what your words, words of wisdom has rekindled my interest. But maybe um, doing more outreach, you know, connecting but then allowing you know allowing your content i think you've got to publish on linkedin relevant content really similar to a blog strategy um you've got to put in and it's got to be targeted to those that you're doing your outreach and then um work sub splitting those people that have contacted you into specific groups and there's probably tools out there that allow you and then sending out specific content that might be interested to these subcategories. What I've just outlined, do you think that's more on track on a more realistic LinkedIn strategy? Yes, and here's why. I mean, put, you are a LinkedIn user. Think about what happens when somebody sends you a message that's not full of shit and spammy. Uh, you're going to look at their profile. You're going to, it's the, your website. Like, oh, this person, let's see who this person is. You immediately click on their profile. And so, and then in there, you can see what content are they putting out? Are they even a little bit relevant? You don't have to be overwhelmed and put out new content every day. You could even do it once every two weeks, once every month. That's okay. But yes, you do have to be putting out something. You do have to be engaging with the community. Uh, you know, if you're going to be reaching out to people, don't just reach out and then, as you said, get five messages in the next three days from that person. Reach out to a person, connect. Tell them thank you for connecting and that you'd like to stay in touch. Go and comment on one of their posts. And then, hey, go go like another post. And then then send them a message with some relevant information. Now, this could all be automated, you know, secret, secret out there. That could all be automated. But if you're not going to put the good automation to use, then you're not going to get anything out of it. Right. We've had a good chat, folks. I've stopped. I've stopped barging in when Adam's been <laughs> mid-fall. <laughs> um, I'm terrible, aren't I? Tribe. Um, but we're going to go for our mid-break, folks, and we will be back in a few moments. This podcast episode is brought to you by Lifter LMS the leading learning management system solution for WordPress. If you or your client are creating any kind of online course, training-based membership website, or any type of e-learning project, Lifter LMS is the most secure, stable, well-supported solution on the market. Go to lifterlms.com and save 20% at checkout with coupon code podcast 20 that's podcast 20 enjoy the rest of your show 
for coming back, folks. I just want to point out, if you're looking for a WordPress partner, a hosting partner, and much more, somebody that can help you when you get stuck with a job and you just don't, you've got an urgent problem and you've got a client really screaming at you, you need a partner that can help you fix that problem and also provide a great hosting experience for your client. If you're really looking for that, and you should. Why don't you have a look at WP Tonic? We are ho- we are a hosting provider, but we are much much more than that. To find out more details, all you have to do is go over to wp wp tonic.com slash partners wp tonic.com slash partners and why don't you have a chat with me and we can see if we're a good fit and I'm sure you're going to be really joyous that you decided to become a partner with us. So on we go with this fantastic discussion about all things business to business sales with a true expert on the subject that has a really great podcast, the Startup for Sales podcast, which I listen to and I think you should listen to. So go out there and sign and um, sign up for that. Um, so on we go, Adam. So, um, what are some of the biggest surprises that come on your radar um, when it comes to business to business? Um, I don't know how many years you've been doing this. You look very young and relaxed, Adam. So it's hard <laughs> to judge. Uh, um, so, um, well, I'm almost, I, I think I'm 40 next year. So uh, I've, been, I've been working since I was 16, 15. So. Wow. Right. There we go. Uh, um, so... Um, so what's some of the biggest surprises on this winding journey that you've learned around business to business? Now, we've all got these, we have, we have, we have this structure how we feel the world works, doesn't it? And that's, that's called personality. That's our psyche, how things work. Um, uh, and some of us never learn, you know, some of us become... Uh, old idiot because <laughs> we were a young idiot we don't learn anything from life so what have you a couple of things you've learned about sales that you didn't think that you've learned through all the years you've been doing it well there's there's a lot there and that's a really good question <clears throat> i've got one rant but I'll save that to the end. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, we love riots. Um. <laughs> I think one of the things I've learned is, is not to take it personally, sales. You know, and because if you don't take it personally, because first of all, it's not personal. Everybody's just business most of the time. Uh, if it is personal on the other person's end, then, then who cares anyways? Um, but if you don't take it personal, then you could look at it objectively. You could look at it after the fact if you lose a deal and look at it objectively, take your ego out of it and say, what happened? What could I have done better? Mm-hmm. Don't put the blame on the other person, even if it's all them and they're stupid. And a lot of times they are. But what could you have done better? Maybe you could have explained something in a better way so that they understood it in a better way. And only when you can replay the events objectively can you improve your sales skills and then get better now for the rant (laughs) well just give you some feedback um because i do almost all the sales call there's two companies that i run adam and both of them um i produce a lot of content for both but i also do the one-to-one sales calls um and um they're in you know I don't take everyone because sometimes I have to have one of my team take them. But I try and take most of them if I can because they're invaluable, even if they fail. And a lot, you know, and a lot, some of them will do because you're not a good fit. They're not a good fit for you. But you, even the ones that fail and you, you're a bit frustrated at the end of the call, you need to look at them because all, all the info that you need to improve next time is right in front of you. If you want, if you're prepared to have an honest look at it, it's it's not secret. It's all out there. I feel that the pro you didn't explain the thing coherently. You rambled off. You introduced something that wasn't was going to confuse things. 
there's there's a host of things to learn. What do you think? Yeah, you should be recording all of your calls so that you can go back and see those rants or that you confused the by giving too much information. I think that's really important. Um, I, I, another another thing that I've learned, kind of go backwards a little bit here, is ask the stupid questions. Don't be afraid to be the stupid guy in the room. Um you know, because only when you're really curious and you ask the basic core questions, can you get really good answers from the prospect? And so, you know, I've built different sales teams and, and as I, I always have them, if I'm going to come onto a call with like a major prospect that they want my help on, or if it's for training purposes, I always ask them not to introduce me as the VP sales or their manager or anything like that. I ask them to introduce me as a trainee. And then that way I come in and I could just really ask just stupid questions, things that you would think is just really ridiculous. But then the prospect wants to help you. So they, they answer it as best as they can. And then what that allows you to do is have a really just real good understanding of your prospect. And it allows them to spill their guts and get, explain everything in a really nice and easy way and the, and allow you to understand their pain and their problem so that you could help them solve it. Yeah, I think it's really interesting what you've just said there because it applies to, um, like WP Tonic, we build membership and, educa- and training websites on WordPress and we host them and we support clientele and freelancers and WordPress professionals. But... Um, I think a lot of people that are building a course, they, for understandable reasons, Adam, they want to build out what I call war and peace. They want to put the sink, the kitchen sink in their first course because they think that will produce value, which, and they also, but the problem with the expert, and I have to deal with, which now has relevance to what you've just said, is that they tend to use, they tend to use very, industry language and they want to go really into the weeds um which is part of building war and what i call the war and peace course and they forget that they're dealing with newbies with people on the journey as i say they need to utilize the right language and they need to provide a a solution quickly a victory initial victory but they need to put themselves into the as the newbie in a way. And I think that's what you're saying about sales. You need to put yourself in the mind of the buyer. Yep. Am I right about that? Yeah, you need to speak at like a fifth grade level. I think the the science shows. Um, They've done a lot of research into this, is that the lower uh, grade level you speak and the vocabulary that you speak, the higher chances of closing the deal. So there's a company, Gong.io, that they record all the calls and they do a lot of AI, you know, machine learning onto the the data, the transcripts. And they're looking also at, you know, how does the deal progress as well? Not just what has been said, how does it progress? And they've done a lot. They've got millions of hours and they see that the lower level you speak, the higher chance you'll close that deal and to a significant amount. Um Oh, so there's hope. So there's hope for me, Adam. Well, that's the only way I'm closing deals. <laughs> <laughs> you and I both. <laughs> I'm definitely not the sharpest tool in the toolbox, Adam. Yeah? Oh, definitely. Uh, right. yeah? So, um, um, now if we got um, we've got a lot of WordPress entrepreneurs um, listening to this podcast and SaaS bootstrap. SaaS entrepreneurs, and let's say you've got a company in the six figures and you wanted to get it into the seven figures, Adam. Um, and obviously, I'm just asking you to give a broad, what are some of the strategies that you could um, give more advice that you've seen people? Because I would imagine that this is a clientele base that you deal with regularly, those that are in the six figures that want to get into the seven um, plus. Um, what are some of the strategies that kind of can work broadly to get from the six to the seven? First thing is raise your prices. Most of the time, 
most of the companies I work with, uh, the first thing we do is uh, we just raise the prices. Not because, you know, hey, let's just ring up as much as we can. It's It has a psychological effect as well, because when you're a higher price, you, you, people think you're more premium. It's just a subconscious thing. You're not going to go sell a Ferrari for $20,000. People are going to be like, what's wrong with it? Uh, so it's the same kind of thing. You want to raise your prices, um, you know, depending on where you're at in the market, that's not a easy thing just to say flat out, uh, for everybody. But generally speaking, that's a, that's the first thing I do. But besides that is just keep filling your funnel. Like we talked about before, if the more people you have it coming into your having conversations with every day that want, that may want your, your service or your business, the better you're going to be because you're going to learn more. You're going to have more conversations. You're going to get more confident and you could start selling more just like that. So whether that's, you know, I'm maybe biased in this because I love cold email and I love cold outreach on LinkedIn <laughs> as it, uh, after we've bashed it a little bit. Um, these no, were- I, I, I still think it's a great medium, but I just think a yeah. lot of people just abuse it to death. You know, they yeah. like, um, there's great, I think there's great opportunities on um, LinkedIn. Um, you know, I've hired a couple of people that are subcontractors and seven years later, I'm still, they're still a subcontractor with me. And I, basically they came to me at a time where uh, somebody else had let me down and they approached me at the right moment and I tried them out and seven years later, they're still with me. Timing is everything. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, this, this is what I would say. So if you're, you're running a company with six figures or even five figures, four figures, if you're just starting, you know, I, I've done this many times, zero to a million in under a year and then going up to 10, 20 million from there. Uh, more people in your pipeline. Well, it solves everything. You know, there's, so a, there's obviously, a, obviously, I'm going to ask you the obvious question now because you've opened the gates there. Around <laughs> uh, how do you get more people with, you know, you're at six figures, you, you want to get to seven, you're looking at increasing your prices, but you want to get more people into your pipeline. Can you give a broad outline of some of the, you know, what you would quickly say to somebody that's in that, you know, that initial consultation that you um, give them some quick ideas. Well, let's, let's just give them the full, the full palette here so that they could take from this episode and, and do it themselves. You know, if you, if you need help, contact me, but if, if no, do it yourself. And it's not hard. First of all, as we've been saying before, get your messaging right. Talk about the problem, uh, the, their pain and the, and solving that problem rather than that. Have a call to action that is not, hey, book a meeting with me. It's, hey, can I send you more information about how we do this? Or is this of interest to you? Do baby steps in the, in the messaging, whether that's on LinkedIn or, or email. Keep the email short, you know, maybe three sentences. Don't put your title. Don't put your signature, just your first name in there. Talk like you're, you're, you know this person and, and you have a relationship with them. Hey, John. Uh, I was looking at this. What do you think? Can I send you more information? Done. Um, things like that. Then for cold email, uh, you're going to want to, where most people fail is they'll, they'll test out a hundred emails, 200 emails, and then they'll call it quits. Oh, this isn't working for me. No, you need, you need to send thousands of emails. And in order to do it properly, you need to have lots of different email accounts because you should be sending no more than 30 emails per email account and no more than like three emails per domain. And then you want to be able to rotate those as in one campaign. So there's a lot of different tools to do that, to help you with that. Um, but that's, that's what you want to do is be sending from a lot of different emails, uh, a lot of different domains, have messaging that is short, sweet, to the point about the problem that they're having that you could solve it and ask for permission to, for the next step. Not for the step that you want, but for in the natural next step, which is, can I send you more information or is this relevant for you? X, Y, Z. Um, 
Does that answer the question of, of I does think that you, get a, I think <laughs> you give it a good outline there. Um, um, hopefully, would I be correct that some of these email tools and other um, things that we've discussed, you have a, have some of that on your website? Would that be fair? I don't have them on my website, but you know, everybody could, that's listening, can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Right. I'll be happy to give you a list of all the tools that I use and I recommend. Oh, you'll be getting um, an email from me, Adam. So there we go. <laughs> right. Um, maybe you could share some of those and I'll make sure they're on the show notes, Adam. Okay, so, perfect. There, all right. Uh, um, so let's go on. So what are some of the influencers, people online, books, general stuff, doesn't have to be solely around sales, but, you know, that have, you know, watch a video, read a book, listen to a podcast, that's really stuck in your mind, that's really influenced you or moved you in a slightly different direction when it comes to business or attitude in general, Adam? Before I answer that, can I go back to the rant that I wanted to do? I'll play again. We missed missed the rant, didn't we? (laughs) We missed the rant. One of my pet peeves is, especially with like LinkedIn uh, and social media in general, is you get all these so-called experts and it is really upsetting me. And it's, I mean, I say this, but I also go put content out. But uh, I, I'm thinking even about just stopping putting like big content out on, on LinkedIn as far as like posts and stuff and trying to make be one of the voices there, just continue with my podcast and then continue going to speaking engagements. Because there's so many people out there that are giving advice and they're really good at marketing and they've got that really um, great personality. You know, I'm very introverted. Uh, I'm, I prefer to be shy and quiet in my room. I don't want to talk highly about myself or, you know, pat myself on the back every two minutes. So, but those are the kind of people that are really succeeding in the game of getting a lot of content, a lot of voices and tens of thousands of followers, uh, generally speaking. So my pet peeve is these people, while their success may be valid, it's not for everybody and it's not right for you. You know, you got to take into account what their experience is, who their audience is, and where that advice is coming from before listening to it. And now that includes me. A lot of people listening here should not listen to me. If you're B to C, I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to helping you. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And there's other industries as well within the B2B world. But this is what's really important. And this is one of my pet peeves. And that's that's my rant. Well, yeah, you know, we live in the age of the influencer, don't we? Uh, For whatever that means. But um, on the other hand, but also, obviously, there is a divergence between business to business and business consumer. But in some some ways, I think they have merged as well. Um, So there's bit of cross-fertilization. Obviously, they are depending on the ticket price. Absolutely. There's similarities in, in everything we do. I mean, at the end of the day, B2B is still is still a person at the on the other end that you're dealing with. As I said before, it's it's sales is psychology. Um, so well, B2B, well, B2C, very similar. There's a lot of um, case studies and podcast conversations that I've listened to that a product you know, initial products being entered in the company because they've aimed it at, at the developer, developers and they've aimed it at a price point which they know that the developer doesn't have to get um, permission from their supervisor to buy that subscription level and they've used it and then gradually, I, I gradually more of the developers, more of the cu- customer user base have utilised it and then they've gone up and spoken to higher levels in the company. There's a lot of that around, isn't it? Those types of great business model. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that around there. So let's get back to the question. Are there any kind of influencers, people that you've read their book or you follow them even like you started following them seven years ago and you're still following them now that you like to share with the audience? There's two. And let me just look her up because I don't remember her full her last name, but I just had her on my podcast and I was actually very impressed with what she had to say and, and her approach. But anyway, so before I give you those, those two names, I think it's important when you're 
when you're looking for people to get advice from and to learn from, look in every corner. Don't just, if you're looking for B2B sales, don't just go look for B2B sales. If you're looking for WordPress, don't just go look at WordPress. You know, there's people in other industries that you may think is completely irrelevant that you'll learn a lot from. So the one person I've learned so much from and is actually a logo designer. Uh, he's probably, he's expanded a bit since then, but, uh, and he's very big and very popular, but I've learned so much from him. And his name is Chris Do, uh, D-O. And wow, he's phenomenal. You can watch him on YouTube. Uh, and he's got, I think he has a podcast as well and a book. Amazing. Highly recommended for any. Great guy. I've been following him for years. Oh yeah. You know him too. Yeah. He's an incredible guy. The, the I've other trying, one. I've been trying to get him on the podcast, but he's very, uh, he has avoided it, but I still come <laughs> for him regularly. Well, Chris, if you're listening, both of us want you on our podcast. So, <laughs> um, the other one that I had on my podcast, she's from London. Her name is, uh, Bethany, but she goes by Beth, uh, Ayers, A-Y-E-R-S. Um, she's the co-host of also a podcast called the, uh, Operations Room. Um, really smart, really knows what she's talking about. If you're looking to grow your business and scale your business and, and work with the board and with your sales and how to grow that whole business side of the business instead of product, um, listen to her as well. All right. That's fantastic. Um, so last question, um, my fun question. So obviously I'm English. I live in America, Adam, on the West Coast. I live in Nobody's the- perfect. No, there we go. But I, I could, I love England, but I just couldn't put up with the rain anymore, you know. Uh, um, so, um, so I'm English. So I was, as a kid, I was an avid uh, watcher of uh, Doctor Who and the TARDIS, the time machine. Um, so if you had your own time machine and you could go back to the early part of your career, is there one or two things you'd love to say to yourself if you could advise yourself? If you could go back and just give a couple little tips to yourself, um, what would they be, Adam? I think I learned this about halfway through my career, and I wish I learned it more uh, earlier. Don't focus so much on on finding the right path. Just just go and do and act. And if you get fired from the job. Who cares? Don't, don't, if you're getting in a fight, don't stress over it. If you need to leave your job because you're unhappy, leave it. Don't worry about it. You, you'll, you're not the first person. You're not the last person to go through that scenario. And I found that as long as you keep learning, you're going to go up anyways. So don't, don't let it stop you. Don't be afraid of it and, and enjoy the ride. Yes, yeah, any a ride life. Uh, um, but the uh, lots you learn. That's all that matters. Um, Adam, what's the best way for people to find out more about your wisdom and your knowledge? Um, what's the best resources to find out more about you, Adam? Um, you could always go to startupsales.io. That's the best way to find me. Also, or on LinkedIn, Adam Springer. Um, I don't, I mean, my podcast is Startup Sales, so you can find that on anywhere. But uh, yeah, those are the three channels. And like I say, folks, I listen to Adam's podcast. It's a great podcast. Definitely sign up for that. And also um, join us on Facebook. I've got a great Facebook group. It's the WP Tonic and the Membership Machine Show, my other podcast. Um, we have a great Facebook group there. Look it up. Join us there. We've got great community there, great tribe. So book that. We will be back next week. I've got to say, we've got some fantastic guests in September and October, I'm fully booked up. And um, I'm really looking, like this conversation, really looking forward to some of the conversations. We will be back next week, folks. See you soon. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Why not visit the Mastermind Facebook group? And also to keep up with the latest news, click wp-tonic.com forward slash newsletter. We'll see you next time.